When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there. It's time for Most Things Kenobi. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Lauren. And I'm your host, Leanne. And this week, we're going back to our favorite character of all time, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes! It's time to visit the motherland. <laughs> <laughs> he that is our motherland. <laughs> yeah. Or the daddy land. Ooh, um, oh, 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 I didn't even get that. That's good. That's real good. <laughs> daddy land. Someone I like put that. me in jail. <laughs> <laughs> this week we're talking about Obi-Wan and Maul, the shit show of a relationship that we absolutely love, which I think I called his relationship with Quinlan a shit show also. Maybe he's just a shit show character. Well, look at his relationship with Anakin. Shit show. <laughs> Satine. Shit show. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to talk a lot about Satine, too, because you can't talk about these two without Satine. Yeah. There's a lot of overlap there. There is. When I was kind of getting my thoughts together for this episode, I, I realized that these two have more in common than they do, like, the, the, opposed to their opposites. They have plenty of opposites. Very obvious opposites. Right. But they have a lot in common. Like, themes. Mm-hmm. Situations. Mm-hmm. You know, the theme of loss. The theme of struggle. The theme of abandonment or lonesomeness or isolation and they're they're like the two sides of a coin right where the center is the same but their choices are what make them yes yes different and yeah and i well okay so we're doing this in two parts the first part is phantom menace up until revival in clone wars right and then part two of this series is going to be from revival all the way to the end of the well rebels basically but what you were just saying is something i talk about which we can talk about in the next episode in part two but in the lawless the cinematography actually shows obi-wan and maul the same way it was really cool Mm. i did a breakdown of it on my blog and it's almost spooky it's really cool and it's very deliberate so you're totally right that they are weirdly similar even though you would not notice that right off the bat i'm interested to hear about this the cinematography you always bring the goods on the cinematography side (laughs) let me ask you this question first (laughs) before we go any further are you a fan or were you a fan of bringing Darth Maul back after Phantom Menace? Mm, that's an interesting question, actually. <laughs> that's why I asked. I would say no and yes, and here's why. 
No, because it seemed to undermine the Phantom Menace. Correct. Like, Obi-Wan was a Padawan who defeated a Sith as a Padawan. Like, it was a huge fucking deal. Yeah. Yeah, and the first Sith in a thousand years was killed by a Padawan Obi-Wan Kenobi. It was a huge fucking deal, and it was indicative of him as a Jedi. And then, actually, he's not dead. He's living in a trash pile. Yeah. And they bring him back. Like, (laughs) I was just... In the way that Star Wars has done this over and over. Well, that's what I wanted to say. It's it's become a theme now. It has. And I find it extremely irritating, honestly, because they make our heroes and then they cut them off at the knees. And I, I find that really frustrating. Mm, poor, poor choice of words. Poor, poor choice of words because I was going to bring up the undermining of Darth Vader for throwing Sidious over, Quite you know. Literally cut off at the knees, Maul cut off at the hips. So I feel the same way about, you know, somehow Palpatine has returned. Yeah. Yeah, right? Somehow Palpatine returned. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Yeah, I mean, that totally undermined, like, the sacrifice that Vader made for his son. And that Luke made for Vader. For his dad. It was a beautiful thing. And so I kind of felt the same way, like, you were saying. It undermined Obi-Wan's, well, even Qui-Gon's death. Yeah, absolutely. Because Obi-Wan sought that, I don't want to say revenge, but... I mean, there were moments of, like, where he was angry and he lost himself, but he sought the finality of it and then was able to have his final moments with Qui-Gon thereafter. But but then what became of Maul's story is interesting enough, and it really added a lot of layers to Obi-Wan as well, to his character as a result. Yeah, absolutely. And I loved everything thing about how they brought him back and obviously Sam Witwer is just a fucking genius about it and oh yes we love him like everything that Maul did after that especially like the season seven stuff Mm. which we'll talk about probably in the next episode like Mm -hmm. it's fucking good like it's really fucking good but I still get annoyed there's even a part in Revenge where Obi-Wan is in the council chamber, or not, well, I guess they're in, like, a briefing room, and he finds out Maul is still alive, and mm-hmm. Mace Window is like, this is far too important to send Obi-Wan alone. And I was like, the <laughs> bitch, he defeated him as a child. Like, <laughs> he can do it now. He's the Jedi Master now. Exactly. Why couldn't he do it now? But he could do it when he was a Padawan? Like, fuck off. <laughs> Window's a dick. <laughs> What the fuck, Windu? Him and Kiati Mundi need to go have a, a, a damp towel session because that's what they are. They're wet rags and damp towels. <laughs> I love you so much. Oh Thank you. Oh, I'm overheating now in my sweater. Oh. I'm laughing so hard. It is a lovely sweater. She has a lovely sweater oh, on, you. everyone. It's very cozy. Oh, that's true. Fuck true, right? <laughs> but you're right, though. They don't, I mean, come on. Obi-Wan is capable, as we've seen time and time again. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Yeah. 
Granted, Windu <laughs> does end up being right, but he can <laughs> still. <laughs> well, never mind that. We're not here to. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I don't know. the The thing that I love about Obi Wan and Maul is that Maul always brings anger out of Obi Wan. And he, he always really struggles to get back to his center and remember, no, no, like don't fight with passion. And so when I was making my notes, I was kind of, that was like the main theme I kept coming back to is that in Phantom Menace, Obi-Wan is standing behind the ray shield and he gives a little lip curl. And that's how we know he's actually angry and he fights with anger and passion, and it's not until he... Se- and Maul gets the better of him until mm-hmm. he centers himself, comes back to himself, and then he is able to defeat Maul. And that happens again two more times in the the episodes that we're talking about. <laughs> Revenge. It's the only time everyone is, like, very visibly angry. Mm-hmm. And it looks good on him. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I have no complaints. But uh, it's that, that moment, especially when they're up on, like, the gantry and yeah. Maul teases, like, he... Oh, yeah, he's taunting he him. Taunts him. Thank you. Like, it's not teasing. <laughs> it's well, teasing maybe. Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> nanny, nanny, nanny. <laughs> <laughs> he taunts him about Qui-Gon and the look on Obi-Wan's face is the only time you ever really see rage and he gets his ass kicked it's like every time he leads with anger he loses and has to retreat or has to like recenter himself or lose his footing it's it's pretty interesting and then in part two next week we'll talk about how that changes yeah Maul obviously knows his only chance with Obi-Wan is using emotion as a weapon because yeah. he has all of those crutches like Satine, Qui-Gon, even Anakin, you know, all of these things that he has, he can continually remind Obi-Wan of to get him in a more vulnerable space because, I mean, you're not going to win the fight unless you disarm him. Not by weapon, but by mental. <laughs> <laughs> mental weapon? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's... it's um. There is no other character that does that to Obi-Wan. Not even Vader. Mm-hmm. Vader makes him... I mean, as we've seen in the Kenobi series, clearly he's, like, unsettled in that first duel that they have, and he gets his ass handed to it. Literally burned. <laughs> yes. But don't you think it's easier for him to separate it because Vader and Anakin are so vastly different that he can treat it as two different entities? And Well, I would argue that Vader isn't using emotional taunting necessarily. Like, that's not the reason that Obi-Wan loses that duel. That is a, <laughs> it's a mixture of fear mm-hmm. instead of anger, and he's a bit rusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's confronting a past he tried to completely block out. Yeah. Maul is there as a constant reminder, so he has to face it, you know. And and when he does face it with Vader, that's when he's able to overcome it. It's almost like, well, it's a good lesson for all of us. Yeah. 
confront the thing. Stop running. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Stop running. Yeah. I mean, Darth Maul is driven from day one. I mean, from his, in the Son of Dathomir comic. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he's resentful right off the bat. Resentful of the Night Sisters, resentful of, you know, the Jedi not acknowledging that he has Force sensibility, or sensitivity, excuse me. You know, and he's just, like, constantly angry, and he builds off that. And that's how he ends up surviving, you know, when they do bring Mm -hmm. Maul back. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Yeah, he just is fueled by constant anger and resentment. And I don't see any glimmer of any anything until we get to Rebels, which we'll talk about next week. Right. Yeah. I... I was thinking about that, too, because... How exhausting. Seriously, it's amazing that he uses it to strengthen himself because it seems so uh, emotionally draining <laughs> to be right. that upset all the time. And I, I was thinking about Revenge, which, you know, is my favorite episode. Oh, yeah, The line where, like, literally Maul stays alive with his hatred of Obi-Wan, which is crazy. The one person's... Hatred, like you can hate one person so much that you survive, like I don't even know what fifteen years or something like that, yeah, in a trash pile and become a spider. Yes, um, what was an excellent but... use of engineering? <laughs> it's brilliant. He made himself <laughs> useful, and it was an upcycling. <laughs> he upcycled and helped himself and others. But no, imagine the amount of fucking rage. Oh my gosh, seriously. And like the the line where he says, I will keep you alive. Like I will make you feel every single cut. <laughs> like that's dark. How angry must a person be to like take that kind of pleasure in hurting another person? It's like the only thing he lives for. He's so yeah. obsessed with Obi-Wan that literally every time you see Maul, he's doing something about trying to get back at Obi-Wan, even though Obi-Wan might not even be in the episode. It's crazy. Well, apparently there's a lot more elaboration on the beginnings of Maul's hatred in the Queen's Peril as well. Really? There's inklings of he's resentful of the Night Sisters because his mother is Mother Talzin. Like, his actual mother? Well, she birthed all of that. Created them, birthed them. I guess. Okay. Interesting. She's such an interesting character. She, yeah. and she, But she paid all the attention, all of her attention to the Night Sisters. So he was pissed about that. Mm-hmm. Then he felt abandoned by the Jedi, um, who left him on Dathomir, despite him having Force sensitivity. Really? I didn't know that they even knew he existed. Yeah, this is all this is all Queen's Peril stuff. Interesting. I should read this book. I didn't read it. I just have notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In, like, trying to figure out where did it all start for Maul? Well, it's just started right off the bat. I mean, he just... I guess if that's all you know. Yeah. And we always mention in previous you know, discussions and episodes and stuff about what a mastermind Darth Maul is. He's calculated. He's intelligent. He's patient, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, 
Yeah, I don't know if I could have lived in a trash pile for 10 years. With all that anger and no way out? Mm -mm. Nope. Mm -mm. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) he's got all the makings of a fantastic. I mean, he's right up there with Sidious, right? Sidious plays the long game. Yeah. But Maul was so hyper-focused. And I also noticed that he's very similar to a serial killer. Because he keeps mementos. And he has, you know, how some serial killers keep things. And we'll talk about it more Mm -hmm. in the next episode, especially when it comes to Satine. But, like, he's got that psychopathy that's necessary to be Mm hyper-focused, really intelligent. You know, a lot of serial killers are very intelligent individuals. But they only use it for, like, one thing. And it's all selfish and terrible. And that's exactly what Darth Maul is. It's so that's so true. He's fucking crazy. Well, and like sociopaths can like blend into society, but psychopaths usually can't. And like Mm-mm. Maul's not blending in anywhere. No, no, <laughs> not by looks and not by attitude. <laughs> I mean, you put him up against his brother Savage. Yeah, and they're they're vastly different, and you know, kind of cut from a similar cloth maybe not quite you know Savage had that oh brother I'll help you brother I respect you brother and Darth Maul was like fuck you I don't care if you're my brother or not get the fuck out my way you're gonna help me or get out of my way you know and I find that interesting because how can one be so obsessed with just one person like what does that come from yeah yeah because it's not that Obi-Wan is not the only person to ever wrong him, but I guess it was the the fact that it took him off of his pedestal. He lost all of his momentum, not to mention his lower half of his body. <laughs> and, yeah. like, when he was revived and, like, his mind was reset by Mother Talzin, yeah. he feels the Clone Wars and says that it started without me. Like, he wanted to be part of that chaos, and mm-hmm. he lost his position as the apprentice to Sidious and his uh, surely he would have gained kind of like how the Vikings, you know, in war, their status Mm -hmm. comes from Mm -hmm. their conquering and their pillaging. And, and basically the treasure, if you could go and conquer a land, you would become more powerful. And I'm sure that that's kind of how Maul would have been as well, but he lost all of that. Ultimately, it might have even saved his life because if he had remained Sidious's apprentice, it's never going to end well. Like, it's kind of the Sith way to be pitted against your own master or your own apprentice. They're constantly testing each other to see who's going to take power. And the fact that Sidious thought he was dead gave him more latitude to actually follow his obsession with Obi-Wan, where he wouldn't Mm -hmm. have been able to do that. He God knows what Sidious would have had him doing anyway. But Well, I would argue that I think that Darth Maul would have been tossed aside eventually. Look at what Sidious did with Dooku and pitted Anakin against him to one-up, An- to like build Anakin up, right? To, to start that, you know, or carry that yes. on. I have a feeling that would have ended up being Maul and Anakin would have had to do away with Maul. Absolutely. Everyone's just a pawn to be moved. Insidious's game. Maul had a sense, though, that Anakin was part of the master plan. Yes. Yes. So how interesting that Maul understood that, but Dooku 
yeah. didn't really. Oh, man, it just it just speaks to how manipulative Sidious is. Oh, he's, te- he's so good at it. Picking and choosing who gets what information. I don't know how the man kept it all straight in his own head <laughs> of who knew what, when, and where. He had that flow chart. And a pack of cigarettes, <laughs> like from that, from the, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, that meme where he's pointing at the wall with all the strings and the lines and he's like, yes, <laughs> yes, that, that was Sidious in the back room at the, at the, at the fucking Senate. It's so true. <laughs> Chain smoking, pouring over his notes. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you know this. I don't know it because I, I have the comic book, but I haven't read it yet. After... And, and this is maybe jumping ahead a little bit because after the lawless, you know, how Sidious shows up at the end of the lawless and takes Maul, what happens to him? And later I when Maul know. comes back, he makes reference that, is it Pre Vizsla who helps him escape? Like, oh, you're right. Yeah. 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 Because the, his obsession with Mandalore is also a thing. So not just Satine, but like Mandalore as a whole. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting, I'm getting. I'm getting that mixed up because he killed Pre Vizsla right before the Lawless. So it wasn't Pre Vizsla who freed him, but somebody in the Mandalorians mm-hmm, mm-hmm. freed him. And that's how he ended up on Mandalore in season yeah. seven. So, like, I don't know the, the stuff that happened in between there. Like, what was Sidious doing to him? When does Solo take place in all of this? Because he's running that damn ring that kira was a part of that we see at the end of solo oh my god you're right that's later though that's that's after clone wars yeah we need to we need to make like a timeline of maul's life you're damn right we need to pull a sidious (laughs) for our own well-being seriously because he's his he's that bad penny that keeps showing up but it somebody was it you who said this oh no i think it was on um the other day, I don't remember. The Rare Drop Show. They yeah. were saying that um, Saw Guerrera keeps popping up all over the place. And it's like, how and why? But it always kind of makes sense. Yeah. Maul is the same. It's like, he keeps popping up. And we don't know how or why. But it <laughs> always makes the plot better. <laughs> it's true. And there are two Clone War relics that somehow made it <laughs> through <laughs> to a key point in time. Oh, man. To the Rebellion. So... Yeah. Yeah. Maul keeps yeah, popping up. I love Maul. Like his little spikes. <laughs> is it him who has one that's broken off or is it Savage Press? Savage. Okay. Savage has one. Do you think that hurt? I imagine so. Well, I don't know. I don't like. Are they like antlers? I was just going to say, I don't want to say it's like an antler because. <laughs> I know the antlers, the animals will actually like knock them off in the winter time, right. I think. Isn't right. that when they do it? But I don't, okay, never I don't mind. think their random spikes question. fall off. Yeah, <laughs> I think their spikes are probably attached. So <laughs> I just feel bad that he has that one wonky spike. I feel bad for Savage in so many ways because what you were saying earlier uh, about... He was used too. He was used. And he he was like Hunger Gamesing it, right? So he was being pitted against his brothers for yeah uh, Ventress's sake. And then he chose, he was trying to protect his brother who was like weaker and so smaller. Sad. Yeah. And then he ends up killing him because she bewitches him and he doesn't know the difference. And then he gets thrown on, into this path 
that was far worse than he probably imagined it was going to be when he oh, was yeah. taking that burden on. Yeah. It was horrible. I, I don't I don't know how I feel about Dathomir as a whole. It's a pretty fucked up story. It's interesting, but it's very um <laughs> Uh, what's the word? Just like incredibly brutal. It's like Lord of the Flies on steroids. It, it's it, like the the Night Sisters. You know, I want to root for them because they're a band of women, but they're also kind of terrible. But then there's some that aren't, and you know, yeah. and I just it's got all that weird colored smoke on the planet. <laughs> not good for if you have asthma no i and, sh, and mother talson has a giant like cavernous t- castle and it's very reminiscent of that uh, the the bad character <laughs> you know that bad character she's a disney <laughs> witch she has the black horns oh male- maleficent maleficent yeah she gives me maleficent vibes <laughs> Isn't that her name? Maleficent? Yeah, Maleficent, yeah. Okay. I feel like when I'm saying it, it doesn't feel right in my mouth, but <laughs> No, that's that's her. Yeah. She she's okay. got, you know, just all all that Mother Talzin is missing is a wall of thorns. Seems like Dathomir would be the place for thorns because they got them growing out of their heads. So revival is a really interesting exchange there, right? So Mm-hmm. They've interacted during Phantom Menace, and now they've interacted during Revenge. Mm-hmm. And every, every time Obi-Wan and Maul cross paths, something terrible happens, right? Always. So, like, Qui-Gon dies the first time. Obi-Wan almost dies during Revenge. True. Adiagalia dies during Revival. Terrible. Which, that moment was so interesting to me because... During that whole duel between Obi-Wan and Maul and Adiagalia and Savage, Obi-Wan is goading Maul into attacking him. Mm-hmm. He's he's on the defensive, but he's kind of like, he does that little, like, are you going to fight me or not? Little yeah, move right. with his hands. You know, I yeah. love that. But after Maul or uh, Savage kills Adiagalia, Obi-Wan starts to attack like he, well, is, yeah. he gets this I mean, like crazed look in his eye, like he's gonna just fucking kill all these Dathomirians, and Maul stops him just in time. But it, it was an interesting moment where he kind of like lost himself for a second. He, this man has suffered so much loss, and he always has to be there to witness it. He always ends up witnessing it. Yeah, like from a point of view where he's not able to help or. You know, and again, yeah, he's it's, always it's, he's held back. I know, right? It's it's the worst kind. <laughs> it's just <laughs> awful. That's why it's funny that you've seen that meme. I'm sure of C3PO saying it's our lot in life to suffer, and then they show like a picture of Luke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yes, yeah. That that just needs to be stamped on Obi Wan's forehead, basically. Obi Wan, yeah. Oh God. And he I, takes her lightsaber. Yeah. And James's performance, James Arnold Taylor's performance, when Hondu, Hondu, Hondo is like, where, where's the other Jedi? And he says, she's, she's dead. Mm-hmm. The, it's one fucking word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like the sound in his voice is just so, the emotion is so beautiful, but without like losing control. But you can mm-hmm. tell he really feels that loss. 
And then the duel between him and Maul and um, Savage is just like a fucking it's epic. so <laughs> good. I could watch that on repeat. I could too. I never get tired of it. it. It's so detailed too. Like if you watch it over and over, you'll see that there's like very specific choices that the animators made, I guess the director made, of how Obi-Wan fights them, and it's really fucking cool. And I just... I don't know, man. I really feel like if he had fought them again in the Lawless, he would have won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was... And we'll talk about this in the next episode, as it being, like, kind of the first time he chooses not to fight. Yeah, I know. I... Oh! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> next week's gonna be a good episode <laughs> yeah because the, the the real feels come in yeah and the real twistedness of darth maul comes in. i mean yeah he's been pretty fucked up up until him up until this point but i feel like there's there's a separation here it was sidious's right hand man D- darth maul then he dies or gets cut in half whatever then he has time to go crazy, lose his mind, and refocus himself. And then he comes into his own strength through that this first half of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And I think he really finds where his oh like his where his comfort zone is with torturing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, okay, this is what I really like. This is how I'm really gonna attack people, and this mm-hmm. is how I'm gonna do it. He has that power that he didn't have as being you know, the apprentice to Sidious or someone in a very mentally incapacitated state as he was following the Phantom Menace. Yeah. So I think when he gets to the point of the lawless, he is in full control of himself, his mind, his power. All the com- all the things are there to make him truly ruthless. Yeah. And he's no longer just trying to hurt right. everyone physically. He's yes. using... A more like cerebral approach of how do I make you lose yourself the way I yes. lost myself? Yeah, it's no longer just how many scars can I cause, it's how deep can I cut. And it's like, yeah, that's the real frightening part of anyone who has that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. It, it, I know this is might sound like a bit of a stretch, but it really reminds me of uh, the killing joke from Batman. And the whole idea of that story is the Joker is trying to prove to Batman that all it takes is one bad day for someone to turn into the Joker. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Batman is trying to argue that that's not actually true. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of similar here that it's like Maul is hoping that putting this pressure on Obi-Wan using Satine is going to make you just as bad as me. See, you're no different than me. And, like, the worst way to hurt you is to make you lose who you are. And that it doesn't happen. It doesn't work. And that's, oh, it's so good. I know. I can't wait to talk about it next week. It's going to be awesome. It's why Obi-Wan is so fucking amazing. Well, so, like, in parallel with what how you were describing Maul's arc up to this point what, what we're talking about in this episode the same with obi-wan it's like he had this idea of who he was gonna be mm-hmm. he's a padawan with a, a teacher and then all of that changed like the the battle at theed was kind of like this fulcrum point for him that changed his path into something especially with like anakin and everything he was 
it was like destiny had control of him after that and mm-hmm. he was kind of just going on a whole different path but that moment also changed the way he fought it changed the way he realized like how you have to keep control of yourself in mm-hmm. an emotional battle he learned that really young at a very young age after watching Qui-Gon die and he yeah. almost lost control and then came back under control. And you see every time he interacts with Maul up until this point in revival that Obi-Wan kind of loses control for a bit when he's with Maul. And you can see that he learns something from that. And next week we'll talk about how like after this, both Obi-Wan and Maul have different approaches when they interact with each other. And it's, really amazing actually yeah yeah these two are obviously tied together from start to finish their paths are one that cross and recross and cross again and like you said destiny fate that sort of thing the force maybe working in obi-wan's favor um or not his favor but just there guiding i I, (laughs) it raises the question you know force are you there um it's me, Obi-Wan. Um, <laughs> you know, it works in mysterious ways. It causes all this loss, but it causes him to turn into this amazing human and save so many more. You know, it's this... Right. Exa- like, you see the the arc of his life, because we see his everything except basically his first, I don't know, what, 12 years? Or even maybe, I don't know when Padawan takes place, that book, but... We only don't know Obi-Wan as a baby. That's basically it. So we see all the rest of his life. And to see where he starts to where he ends up, pain causes enlightenment. Oh, like just 100%. In, in real life, it does. So This is Buddhism 101. Exactly. He's one of the most enlightened beings by the end because he has endured so much, but hasn't been destroyed by it. Mm-mm. You know? God damn it. He's such a good character. He really is. And it pisses Maul off even more because every time he thinks, okay, this will be the instance. It doesn't happen. It doesn't work. God, I fucking love Obi-Wan. I do too. I love it. And I love that Maul thinks he's got him figured out and he's wrong every time. Every time. (laughs) It's so, it's okay. So to wrap it up, back to my original question, right? There's a reason why I asked it. Yeah. Yes. It sucked that the original cutting in half of Maul was was undone but look at the greatness that came because of it right absolutely the the character building that happened yeah with Obi-Wan our favorite character it just added to his greatness it really did and it would it think of all the epic moments that it led to you know it's pretty pretty fucking amazing and it's you know it's like the revival revenge lawless yeah and then Everything that happened in Clone Wars Season 7. Yeah. The Maul's reappearance in Rebels and his, spoiler alert, his conclusion in Rebels. Yeah. Fucking epic. Like, every moment is layered with meaning. And that's why it's it's really cool to see this character. Because he wasn't just brought back for shock value. He actually moved the story forward. He moved Obi-Wan's story forward, but he moved all of Star Wars forward. So yeah. I think it was actually a pretty masterful choice. Okay, our audience question. How do you think Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul are similar? 
Tell us your thoughts. There are many parallels between them, but do you see something that maybe we missed? Let us know your thoughts on this. So next week, we will pick this discussion back up and talk about Obi-Wan and Darth Maul's relationship, starting with the episode The Lawless and how Satine comes into play with all of this. And we will end in Rebels, the finale of Darth Maul and Obi-Wan's relationship in the episode Twin Sons. So join us back because this is this one's going to be really intense because a lot, a lot goes on yeah between those two episodes it's a lot of chaos <laughs> all kinds of shit so come on back <laughs> we'll do part two next week it's gonna be good thank you so much for joining us here on the most things kenobi podcast we appreciate every single one of our patrons and are grateful for your support if you'd like to support the podcast and become a patron as well head over to the most things kenobi patreon as always, you can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you enjoy our podcast, feel free to rate us on Spotify and Apple. And if you need just one place to find all of these, head over to mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>